From the nearest comic book to the farthest cinematic universe, journey into the past, present, and future of your fandom. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. Twenty-two pages later, with your hosts, the Cap, MFG, and Ralph the Tech. Please stand by. Hello, everyone, wherever you're listening from, and welcome to another edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 234. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, and here with me, as always, is the man whose Marvel IQ is so huge, not even pin particles can shrink it. He is Mike, also known as MFG. You should see my giant-sized man thing. Well, here we go. <laughs> wow, that was early. <laughs> That's how we've done it. Well, let's just get right to what you want to hear from me right now. You know what that is. You want to hear horror films and thrillers where black people live till the end. It's so rare, they couldn't even make a double jeopardy question out of it. <laughs> All righty. So here we go. Oh, and by the way. You're none of my. You're not getting this. Oh, man. <laughs> just, just see, you know. I told you he loads us into yeah, the false. I, I gave you a good one. Everyone got last. I already time. got it. Yeah, everyone got the last time. No one's getting this one. All right. All righty. Um, maybe they might get the movie, but that's about it. All right. Here we go. Poindexter Fool Williams is an L.A. ghetto kid that breaks into the creepy home of his family's landlords, only to find kidnapped children hidden in unlikely places. I need the actor. And the name of the movie. But one more time, Poindexter Fool Williams is a L.A. ghetto kid that breaks into the creepy home of his family's landlords only to find kidnapped children hidden in unlikely places. And you will get the answer to that after the quick news. I feel like Fool Williams because I feel like I'm a fool if I think I'm going to get that right. But we'll give it a try at the end of quick news, obviously. And our other illustrious host is the man who, just like Hank Pym, creates great things using his brains. Soon, he'll find a way to replace Mike and I with AI voices. He is RT Squared, Ralph the Tech. Wait, so you guys aren't the AI that I created? No, we are not. <laughs> Just checking. So the other day while I was meditating in my luscious Zen garden... I just was in such a deep, deep meditative state that I actually became one with the universe. I was everywhere and nowhere at the same time. And right when I was about to reach enlightenment, a thought occurred to me. Tearing a phone book in half was more imp- a more impressive feat of strength before mobile phones became the norm. Now it's more impressive to actually find a phone book. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I wonder how many of our listeners know what a phone book is. <laughs> or, or I've heard of it. Well, Probably one percent. It's, it's a like it's a like little thing. It looks like a book, but you hide your phone in it and you put it in the shelf. People don't steal it at night. Yeah, it's it's exactly what it is. Exactly. It is just so funny how how technology has changed everything in regards to the referential like jokes and stuff like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> you see, if you go to a fair and you see a strong man ripping the phone book in half, and all the kids are on their phone, they're like, "What's what? Uh, it's a big book. Okay, sure." Is he mad? Does he need a hug? What's going on? <laughs> so, on today's show, we'll be discussing the first MCU movie of 2023. But will it be better than Thor Love and Thunder? Shoot, will it be better than the last sequel of its kind? These questions and more will be answered as we discuss Marvel Studios' Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. But first... I'm sure if Mike had access to Ant-Man Tech, he would find a way to shrink my intro, <laughs> like, I, like I always do, but 
you know what? Here he is, Mike and his quick news. And now, the quick news, brought to you by MFG and Ralph and Cap. And that quick news intro was brought to you by Mental Abuse to Humans, also known as Math. <laughs> this guy makes me spell every time. Like I'm like M A. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. What do you got for us? Well, I could start off with death, but I'm not because I don't feel like dealing with any of it. But so, death is coming, just like life. At some point, but not for me. Is it like winter, or is uh, it already there? Uh, kind of both. <laughs> <laughs> but again, not for me. Uh, this isn't a high-scale heist, and you're not George Clooney. The blatant and glorified art theft by AI technology has finally been ruled on by the U.S. Copyright Office. The Copyright Office ruled that procedurally generated images are not granted copyright protection, citing a prerequisite of human authorship. The ruling comes after a year-long decision to reverse the total copyright protections to the comic book Zarya, of, of the Dawn, created by uh, Chris um, Kastonova, which used images generated with the AI of the company Midjourney. After rescinding the original ruling, the U.S. Copyright Office decided on a partial copyright. The comic book would receive protections for the text, the author's instructions to AI, and the work as a whole, which were produced by a human, but not the images generated by AI software, which is a great thing. So, Mike, could... For those who are half asleep or who need it put in layman's terms, could you re-explain what the hell you just said? Well, basically AI, basically, AI technology, the way they've been doing it, like, we've all seen a lot of the pictures on the web, especially there's a lot of really cool like animals dressed in like, like armor and jewels and stuff like that. It's taking images from other artwork and putting it and creating another artwork, which is, without the author's permission, it's stealing. Right. So basically, this guy did a book, not of maybe those images, but of AI-generated images, which means it's taking other people's artwork and combining it in different ways. So yes, sure, it is unique, but without the permission of their of the artist, you can't do that. Right. So that's why none of his artwork is protected because he didn't do any of it. The, the software mm. did. Yeah. Only the writing and the work. Right. Because that was his and his instruction to, which I think is stupid, but his instruction to the AI to look for whatever he was looking for is for is copyrighted. But I'm like that doesn't really mean yeah, much. So know? the way Mid Journey works is you could say, give me an image of a dog holding a lance on fire flying through space in the sun right right and then because that's not complex and then it takes all of those instructions and creates an image for you right Hmm. but it's not like drawing it itself you know it's literally scouring finding things yeah yeah Yeah. and it usually gives you four different samples and then if you like one you can select it and tell it to give you more like that one right so mike you're for their ruling oh 100 percent I mean, think about it. You're an artist. You know, think Absolutely. About it. If, if you suddenly started seeing your work, you'd be like, no one asked me to use that. Absolutely. <laughs> and the reason why I, I, I'm glad you broke into layman's terms, not for me because I'm a genius. Of course. But, right. But all jokes aside, um, I've, I watch a lot of artists now that I'm starting to like start getting creative again. And I watch a lot of artists on Instagram and that subject's come up a lot. Oh, yeah. And, and like almost like to the point that people are battling and they're, they're getting really nasty over like, you're going to take my work and then try to repurpose yeah. it and then try to claim it as you. Fuck you. And and get money off of my work that I may not have even gotten money off of. I just put it on the web to show you something, you know. Right. Oh, you know, there's a, there's a lot that's bad with that, let alone also the fact that it's just killing creativity. You know, I mean, because you're not even generating things. You're, you're creating something new from old things. But, you know, if you kept allowing the computer to do that, it's not really doing anything new. You're just getting 90s music. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. 
Shots yeah. fired. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear that my artwork's been sampled to be like, okay, you just didn't do it then. <laughs> the art of P. Diddy. It's just a taste. Just, just a taste. taste. Exactly. All right. All right. That, that's our first one. What else you got there for yeah. us, Mike? My second and last is... It's been chilly in New York City, so I wanted to warm you up with some summer heat from Marvel Comics. Mm. If you wanted to see massive fights between Spider-Man, the X-Men, and Avengers, and more, then Contest of Chaos is your ticket. Now, there's not much press for Marvel, but our heroes are battling each other in a Civil War manner for unknown reasons. But now, if that's not enough fisticuffs, a summer of symbiotes is coming featuring Venom, Carnage, Red Goblin, and others with whispers of an event called Death of the Venomverse following right behind all that. And if you still need to scratch that action itch that makes your thighs twitch, the X-Men are tangled up in the Fall of X event, which could bring about the end of Mutantkind's Krakoan age. Now, all of these are scheduled for summer of 2023 release, so grab your bikinis, banana hammocks, and reading glasses now. I, I thought Ralph was going to say something first, but I guess I'll say something first. Um... For those who are not familiar with what's going on in Marvel, I'm not going to rehash everything, but I'm going to say, you said symbiotes and my brain shut off because I was like, fuck symbiotes? <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, that's the whole thing with Venom for those who don't know Venom and Carnage and all that stuff. But they've kind of milked it. They, they, they milked it in the 90s. That cow dry. Yeah, and they milked it again once the Venom movie was successful and Venom 2 and whatever. And we don't know why that happened. But once you said the death of symbiotes, I'm like, oh, the I'm death in. Death of the Venomverse? I'm like, sure, but, you know, that won't mean anything. And then the second, the, the, the third one, because you said the, the, the... Fall of X? Fall of X. Might um, be the end of the Krakoan age. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, that whole, everything they built might go away. Right. So, um, which but, means they might actually go back to saving the world or not. I don't want, I don't want comic characters to save the world. I want them to save people, people. Yeah. Or like, you know, a small town, <laughs> you know, um, for those who don't, who, who are not following the X-Men, the X-Men were, were revamped once Fox let go of the movie rights. Marvel miraculously started like working with the X-Men again and they started from scratch and they had it where now they were like, um, I guess resurrected, resurrected. Every so they single- can't die because they can just bring them back with, I'm like, oh, stop. <laughs> was, was, did they like get the writers from Dragon Ball Z and then just have the Dragon Balls come in there? No, the writing is more than, ah! Because <laughs> every time, if, if you ever watched Dragon Ball Z as a kid, right, you would see like everybody would die. Whole planets would be destroyed. Then they would find the Dragon Balls, wish everything to go back to normal, and then it's just, okay, we're good. <laughs> so so I guess, yes. I, to answer your question, Ralph, yes. No. So Makes that's sense. an interesting summer coming up with Marvel, yeah. and I guess we'll start reading again, oh, which a couple so. of people have asked us about, but that's all your quick news? That is it. So wait a minute. So let's go back to black peoples who didn't die. Black peoples who didn't die. What wow. the peoples? Whoa. You want to hear some <laughs> of the horror films and thrillers where black people live to the end? I'm not going to get that. We got to make it more abbreviated. <laughs> Alrighty, one more time for the hose at home and the the hose here uh poindexter fool williams is an la ghetto kid that breaks into the creepy home of his family's landlords only to find kidnapped children hidden in unlikely places see the once you went fool williams and ghetto i thought tales from the hood and i wouldn't know i wouldn't know who the actor is but i know i'm wrong but i'm throwing that as my answer tales from the hood and i don't know who who the actor would be Go ahead. I've actually seen this movie. Have you? Yeah. And it's I'll, I'll tell you afterwards, if I'm right, um, where I saw this movie. It's actually an, an unlikely place. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to hear this. The people under the stairs and the actor should be uh, Brandon Adams or at, something with an A, right? 
Well, for those of you that didn't look it up, but yes, the, the movie is People Under the Stairs from 1991 with Brandon Adams as Poindexter Fool Williams. Oh my gosh. So, funny story. So, uh, when I was in middle school, I went to a strip club. I wish it was a strip club. <laughs> they, they put me in that karate. showed horror movies? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make the story weird. <laughs> it's like if the AI picked it out. Go ahead, Ralph. <laughs> they put me in karate in... Uh, in, it was in the church that I used to go to. They rented out a space to like this karate school, right? I guess Jesus didn't really mean to turn the earth a chick. He was just like, no, flip them over your shoulder. <laughs> Whatever happened on the side of the building, they didn't care about. As long as they got paid. Right. So, um, but I forget what it was. Like I was, I wasn't feeling well that day, right? So the instructor was like, all right, just you know, um, you could sit out in the hall. We have a TV. And uh, the instructor's daughter was there too, and she was watching a movie. She was watching the uh, people under the stairs in a church. Yes. Wow. <laughs> was Skinamax not on? And wait a minute. <laughs> so, so a middle school watching it in a in, 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 in a in a strip club is not much weirder than I that. I actually think yours is more reasonable. Right? Thank you. <laughs> I was just surprised that we were watching a scary movie. And you know, there and then the father was cool, but he's like, Yeah, yeah, just, 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 just you know, gotcha. is it a Catholic church? Yes, uh, okay. Well, all you got to say is the freaking crusades, and they were just as bloody, but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Wow, that's did, I, did I go there? Oh, okay. But I, was, I just remember watching it because it was like the first time I actually saw uh, um, a scary movie that it wasn't at home, mm -hmm. and I'm like. No, but this, this isn't even that scary. No, it's not a scary movie by any means. Yeah, I, I, I remember the movie. The ads felt scary. Yeah. But like I don't movie. remember the movie. I yeah. think it's seen The movie's it not that good. Yeah, really. yeah it's, it's really not. It, it, it's, it's what... I don't even know how to describe it. It's was, just so bad. Was that Craven? No. That's that's uh, the, 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 the house on the left or... The last house on the left? Was that Craven? Wes Craven. That was one of his first films. Okay, that, that's why I was confusing yeah. it with. Okay, yeah, yeah. all right. I would not recommend the people understand. Well, the no. fact, well, the fact that Ralph got it right, props, and the fact that we yeah. got a story out of that was even better. <laughs> Ralph, do you have any quick news? No, of course not. Of course not. And I don't have any either. Oh well, uh, oh. I, guess I could say this: um, Hogwarts Legacy, pretty mm -hmm. good game. Okay, pretty good game for those who care about Harry Potter. Absolutely. Yeah. How dare you, sir? I, I can't. It is such a I'm sorry. The minute you say wand, which is... See, I almost fell asleep right there. Look it's at that. So much fun. Oh, my goodness. So much fun. Yeah, well, you and I differ when it comes to fun. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> Rob, just cast that spell. Puerto Ricanus Ignoranimus. <laughs> I think someone already cast that one. Oh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. The baldy in the forehead are messing with me. But okay. All right. <laughs> so now let's move on to why we're here. Let's get together and let's talk about the Marvel Studios feature, Ant-Man the Wasp, Quantumania. And with a synopsis, is a guy who probably won't get edited out because he doesn't stammer or stumble like I do, Mike also known as MFG, with a synopsis. Take hey, away. I'm back again. Can you imagine that? Surprise. All righty. Well, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, is the what number film? Come on. I ask this every time, so it's just one more than the last 31. Time. What do you have to say? You think I pay attention to anything that you No, say? I know that. <laughs> We've seen you edit. <laughs> right. Um, I want to say one more than whatever he just said. So he's saying 32, I'm saying 31. All righty. Well, it is the 31st film. Yes, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> in the I was massive close. Marvel Cinematic Universe. The film is the second sequel to the Ant-Man film franchise, which began with 2015's Ant-Man, followed by 2018's Ant-Man and the Wasp. The film was directed by Peyton Reed from a script by Jeff Loveness. 
The characters are based on Marvel Comics characters, Ant-Man, created by David Michelini, and John Byrne in Marvel premiere number 47 back in April 1979, and the Hope Van Dyne version of The Wasp created by Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends in Anex number 7, April of 1999. Ant-Man and the Wasp's Quantumania had a budget of $200 million and so far has a worldwide seven-day box office total of $257 million. Oh my gosh. The film has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 48%. Come on. And an audience of 84%, which is odd that they're wow, just, they're just reverse of each other. Uh, and an IMDb weighted average of 66 out of 100. Like right, right <laughs> in, in the middle. middle. <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> so weird. Uh, that kind of tells you where everything's going. You could definitely trust those, you know, those numbers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Little synopsis. Welcome to MCU Seattle, where, where jail is fun for privileged white kids. And the threat of a black man conquering civilization is very, very... Small. Yeah, you get that? All righty. Scott Lang is back, and this time we are re-reintroduced to his daughter, Cassie, a wisecracking, disrespectful, troublemaking know-it-all whose contempt for authority is plot armor. After Cassie's science project goes bad, she, Ant-Man, Wasp, old Ant-Man and old Wasp, are sucked into the quantum realm where the smallest building blocks of all existence reside. Well, except for uh, water, sand, and air, which seem to exist in relative size everyone else there, meaning that there must be a quantum world beneath the quantum realm to explain the super extra tiny atoms and electrons that make up those things. Anyway, it turns out that the quantum realm is Instagram-worthy with elegant dining, flying stingrays, Bill Murray dresses Liberace, a slime creature fascinated with your holes, and a world-destroying time traveler. Kang, the itty-bitty conqueror, was forced to make Quantum Realm his exile home and has prepared it for multiversal invasion. He's got an armada of flying death ships and an array, I'm sorry, and an army of slightly incompetent robotic soldiers. But like famed bicyclist Lance Armstrong, he's one ball short. Oh, Uh, gosh. (laughs) Can the Ant Gang defeat the undefeatable defeater? Or will Kang Van Dyne on Langzania and Cassie roll? Ha! I love me. Anyhow, wow. starring <laughs> Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, Ant-Man, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne, the Wasp, Michael Douglas as uh, Hank Pym, Michelle Pfeiffer, who looked marvelous, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, as Janet Van Dyne, Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang, Jonathan Majors, oh, sorry, sorry, I have him twice there, uh, Corey Stahl as Darren Cross, Modoc, mm, disappointing there, <laughs> uh, Katie O'Brien as Dentora, uh, William Jackson Harper as Quaz. Uh, David Dasmalshian um, as Beb, and Bill Murray as Lord Krylar. All right, so let's get ready to talk about it. Ant-Man the Wasp, Quantumania. But before we even go there, before we even go there, let's press that spoiler button that we pay so much money for. Warning, the following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, Piss off, you wanker. And that sassy spoiler warning was brought to you by Steve Francis of Stitch Productions. What's, what's that thing that's so small right there? Oh, my God, it's getting big. Oh, Stush. Wow. <laughs> Is that a mechanized organism designed only for killing? Uh, no, that's just Stush. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so let's let's start talking about it. Ant-Man the Wasp, Quantumania. And a lot of people were kind of marking this movie on the calendar, it seems like, because um, I don't know. If, I, I'll start with this question before we go into the actual movie. I feel like people had a lot of unfair ex- expectations of this movie. How did you guys feel about that? Did you? Get, I know Mike didn't get sucked in. I already know that answer. Right. But do you think people's opinion of the movie are based on these unfair expectations. And what I'm referring to is 
people were expecting more things to be introduced to kind of weave where the next phase of MCU uh, Marvel them is going. But they either got things or they didn't get things. Do you think the reason why Mike mentioned the, that big split in how people feel about the movie is that one of the things? I, I definitely think so. I mean, well, first of all, people's expectations always interfere with these movies, especially as they keep going on. And I think there's some Marvel fatigue that's going on. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think people are starting to expect things. And it's like, just because they didn't give you what you expected doesn't mean there's something wrong with what you saw. You should just learn to watch the movie. Because I, this time, usually I at least catch one trailer. I didn't catch one trailer for this at I'm, all. I'm surprised by just, that. Yeah, I mean, I just... I didn't look for one earlier on, and then as time went on, I was like, ah, it's getting close, and you know, I don't watch trailers as it gets really close. Because we know Mike figures out half the movie if he watches two fucking trailers. And it's not fun for me. <laughs> He's a regular Columbo, this guy. Right? Yeah, yeah just one more thing. <laughs> I'll wait for the invitation. <laughs> Ralph, what about you? Do you feel like the, the expectations of the movies by um, what's been out there or what people thought should be out there affected people's opinions on the movie? 100%. 100%. Too many people went in there expecting uh, the gateway to the new phase of the Marvel Universe. Right. You know, they're like, yeah. oh, this thing's going to s- explain everything. And we're going to see a roadmap to how the next movies in, in the Marvels and, and uh, in, in, fit, uh, was in uh, Secret Wars is going to happen, everything. We're going to see it all here. And, and then when, you, when you're actually watching, you're like, wait, where's all the stuff that I wanted? But it, in your imagination, yeah. that's where exactly where it was. So like it, 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 it prevents them from actually focusing on what the movie actually gives you, you know, and I, in my personal opinion, I feel like this was a, a pretty good movie to watch, you know, I'll say this. And, and the reason why I brought up that question is because I will, I will admit that I, I'm guilty of that. Right. Um, you know, I watch a couple of things, a lot of YouTube things, a lot of t- TikTok things on theories and things like that. I don't hold a lot of credence to him. It's like, okay, it's an interesting thought, but you go in thinking, oh, this might open up this character. This might open up this group instead of the movie standing on its own. Now I got to see the movie opening night with Lady J, shout out to Lady J, and we started hanging out. Um, and I saw it and I felt one way about it. And then I saw it with you guys, shout out to you guys. We had a great time on uh, seeing it on IMAX. Yeah. And I'll say I'm this excited. as we go into talking about the movie, I once I got rid of those false expectations and watched the movie again for what it was, I felt differently about it. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So let's go into the actual movie. So um, it didn't take long to go into the freaking quantum realm. No, (laughs) I felt like we were already there before we even sat down. (laughs) It was just kind of like at one point you almost felt like everybody in the room was just kind of like all the major characters were like, so. Quantum realm? <laughs> yeah, let's just go. You know, um, no, I mean, it was just funny. Like the, the one, two, three. Um, but leading into that, like I, you know, as I pointed out in my synopsis, I, I was very displeased, or not. I was very, I guess, disappointed is a better word. Um, with, okay. with Cassie. I mean, not that I expected much out of it, but it was just like I'm tired of the same MCU teenager. It's like Mike <laughs> you know? looking at my notes. That was my oh, next really? question. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm just tired of it. I mean, she. She she wasn't likable at all, um, which is somehow they seem to be making unlikable teenagers, and I don't know what the deal is. Who are our main characters, or something, you know, or will be main characters? Um, you know, they tried to soften her up at the end, and it helped. But um, yeah, I just it's it, like I said. I mean, when you when you especially in this day and age, when you have her like going to jail just because you know. <laughs> you're like I'm like nah people are you know kind of suffering in jail especially right. minorities and you're just going to jail I mean you know they tried to make it like she had a point but like you never really got a good point you know like you're like you just and, and everything it was at least her at least her second time there and you're like 
Well, you know, most people fear going to jail, but I guess when you're privileged, <laughs> you know, like right. you're the daughter of a superhero, you don't have to worry about it. And it just felt very tone deaf in this day yeah. and age to, to have that as, as your, I mean, literally our introduction to her as a, as a teenager now, you know. Let me repurpose the question for you, Ralph. I mean, Mike answered it, answered it how, what I was going to ask, but I'll ask it to you. How did you feel about Cassie? We know that they recast her. We'll talk about that in a second. But how did you feel about Cassie as a character? I have to agree with Mike in the sense that she's not like fully likable, but it's still only re- this is really the first movie mm-hmm. that we get to see her in. So they, they didn't really have much to flesh out her character, especially since they were basically thrown into the deep end with her from the start. Right. You know, um, I have hope that if if they do um, like the Young Avengers and they have her as one of them they'll probably flesh her character out more and they'll actually ha- uh, will actually be able to like empathize with her and, and, and see what she's really capable of. But right now it just, it literally seems like as, as Mike says, like this like privilege for lack of a better term, brat who is trying to do good, but doesn't really understand how to do the good that yeah. she wants to. And also I didn't like the fact that everyone but Scott was just like, yeah, it's okay. I'm like, seriously none of you have a problem with her behavior her attitude the way she's talking to her dad i mean like and and yet we're supposed to find this humorous and that we're supposed to see that maybe he's a little bit stuck in his ways i'm like no respect uh let, let, let me put you in front of my mom back when right <laughs> you know, like, you know. what i saw there was the the classism in in yeah. place you yeah. know where scott is the working man middle class guy just trying to fend for his family <laughs> where uh hope and and uh and janet and uh Hank and, and Hank, Hank are just like the upper class. You know, like we don't got to worry about. Yeah, we got a multi-billion-dollar you know? business. <laughs> you know, we got lawyers that have lawyers. You know, we're fine. Yeah, and, and you know, it's interesting. And maybe because I, first of all, I was turned off by the way Marvel approached recasting Cassie. You know, like the, the girl who played the original Cassie didn't find out until Marvel announced the new character. They didn't even say, "Hey, look, we're not bringing you back." Whatever, right. whatever. Was, Which I'm like, that's not cool. But was she at that point old enough to play the character? Well, the original—I mean, I don't know how old the original one as an actress was, but you figure that was eight years ago. So eight, yeah, because Cassie here is eighteen, and that was not—they said that wasn't particularly stated in the movie, but um, but but, uh, Pey- oh, but, but Peyton Reed actually said it himself. But but not that Cassie, not the no girl. no no now Cassie. I'm now. talking about the one from the one from Endgame. Oh, from Endgame. The one right. from Endgame. She oh, got recast. That's all right. I'm referring to. Well, I mean, interesting enough. Uh, just real fast here. Here's our timeline because I was curious what was going on. So my guy, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Ant Man and Wasp: Quantumania takes place. What 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 year do you think this takes place in? Quantumania, isn't it 2025? Or what do you say there, Mister uh, Tech? Yeah, that sounds right. It takes place about somewhere in 26 to 27. Oh, okay. which actually, if you think about it, is funny because if this doesn't advance much further, it'll be just when. Phase six actually ends when the whole thing will end. Will be in year twenty six. That'll be when the movies come out. Right. Even though they can move forward, but anyhow. And the reason we know this is Ant Man started in twenty fifteen. Not just the movie, but Kevin uh, Feige confirmed it started in twenty fifteen, and Cassie was six. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp was in twenty eighteen, and it was confirmed um, by Feige that the Infinity War was in twenty eighteen. So you know, so then we already know she's now nine because it's only three years later. Right, and she's eighteen because uh, Peyton Reed has confirmed it. And nine years have passed, so we know time wise we have to be somewhere around the year twenty twenty six to twenty twenty seven. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, but then the, the actress who played Cassie in the original films, mm-hmm. she wouldn't have been old enough. How old was, how was the original? Wait, she's, she's 14 now. Really? But, wait, you're talking about Cassie that was in the, the original, original Ant-Man. Right, yeah, yes. Yes. I'm talking about Cassie that was in Endgame, which is a totally different actress. It was? Yeah, this is, that's, that's why I said she's been re, re-introduced. Re-cast. Right, you know? exactly. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah you didn't notice third, that? Yeah, yeah. the third Because it was a big hub, But the whole point, I don't want to say it too long, Cassie, because we have a lot of film to cover. Oh. Um, just the idea that, I mean, not only did that turn me off, but this... And, and 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 what was the actress name? Newton. Oh, uh, um, uh, Catherine Newton. Catherine Newton. Catherine Newton. They 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 cast her, I think, purposely because they have bigger designs for. The- but but the funny part is, like you know, um, I, I want to address that uh, real fast too. That Ralph brought up, like you know, like if they do the Young Avengers, which of course is what everyone is once again planning, which is not any movie on their slate for the next three years, and it's like okay. If they want to do Young Avengers, they better have done it yesterday because the actress playing 18-year-old Cassie is 26. <laughs> so in three years, she'll be 29, and we have not even said there will be a Young Avengers yet. Right. So, no, so she'll be in her 30s. So like by the time they become Young Avengers, they'll just be like middle-aged Avengers at that point. They'll just be the Avengers. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know? My point is just simply, I, I didn't like the way this Cassie was... Um, I, I, um, the way she acted, it didn't feel very genuine. Watching her and Scott, Scott emoted, I mean, or at least, I'm sorry, Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Scott, looked like when he saw Cassie, he emoted and a lot of his yeah. stuff felt genuine. Listening to her do it felt like lip service. It was yeah. like, oh, I love you, Dad, and it didn't feel like it. Yeah, no, Even yeah, in yeah. moments, like you're saying, toward the end, we, we won't go there now, but, you know, um, when she's having that big speech, mm-hmm. where it's only like a rallying cry, it yeah. didn't feel like no, it didn't. It, it didn't warm you up or, or get you fired up like a normal moment or 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 an, orga- an organic moment, right. Like that would. Yeah, and it also felt a little too little, too late. Yeah, <laughs> Ralph, what you looking up? I was trying to see who the actress. Oh, the other actress was Cassie in Ant Man. Uh, in in, in um, Endgame. In Endgame, yeah. Okay. Well, while you're looking for that. Um, so yeah, so we get into the quantum realm, which we talked about a lot of the movie um, taking place. And I'll say this, this is where the strong point of the movie was. Some people didn't like it because there's a lot of things they felt that was unexplained or maybe not explained well about the quantum realm, especially when you hear um, when you hear Janet Van Dyne talk about when she comes back, that there are things you can't explain. Da, 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 da. Um, but I felt like visually it was like amazing. The quantum realm, when I saw that, because I, because again, having seen no trailer, which, you know, I'm not saying you have to go as extreme as I did, but people, you'll enjoy these movies more if you just don't watch the crap beforehand. <laughs> I was blown away. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting the movie also to take place, all of it, in the quantum realm. I, I just thought, yo, this, it's called Quantumanium, but they'll be in and out and we'll be in our normal world addressing these issues, you know, right. whatever they'll be. Um, but yeah, I was blown away by the look of it. Uh, but yes, um, everybody that knows me that when I talk about Ant-Man and even you people that have listened when we reviewed Ant-Man many moons ago, um, I love that movie because it explains itself so well. You know, we're not talking about the science, I mean, of shrinking in the weight and blah, blah, that we're not, I don't care about that. The movie itself answers every question about itself within its own movie. Unfortunately, this one does, does not. not do they, that. They, they I'm just, so they, glad you said yeah, that. They just do things like, like for instance, we have, it's been established in at least three movies, both Ant-Man movies and even the Avengers movies, which is why they have the suits on. You cannot survive going to the quantum realm without a protective suit and headgear, um, which they just whipping off their helmets left and right in the quantum realm. Uh, two old people 
fell through there and slammed into the ground and are just a-okay. No one needed any protective suits in any way, shape, or form in the quantum realm. I'm like, you spent a lot of movies telling us the, the rules and then got rid of all of them. And uh, and then to have Scott, like, literally throw, he said it more than once. He's like, how are you alive? How are we alive? I'm like, you addressing how, by saying how are we alive is not an explanation of how you're alive. That, Marvel, that's not good writing. That That's just making me question it more. That's our question. Yeah. How are you alive? Yeah, you know, like, you know, or why is all this stuff here? Well, it's just bigger than you know. That's not an answer. <laughs> well, you know who has an answer? Oh. Nobody. Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. I got blindsided. No one's ever welcome. <laughs> so the reason why they are able to survive their trip into the quantum realm is, simple answer, Darian Cross. The way he pulled them in sort of created a sort of protective cocoon, let's say, that allowed them to be transported into the quantum realm somewhat safely. Yeah, but when he had to switch into giant man mode to save his daughter and they crashed through a rock, that tells you they were going at high speed. So when they slammed into the ground, especially old man Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer, Listen, they landed in some foliage, so they were fine. And, you know, uh, speed is relative, acceleration, blah, blah, blah. This has been... Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. I am so amazed how he spent 30 seconds or it's up to a minute and I'm still lost. (laughs) Listen, sometimes with that guy, you need a road map. (laughs) You run him him over on the road. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, um, I mean, we we, we see that Scott and Cassie get split up with um, the parents and Hope. Um, and one thing that comes up is Scott and Cassie come across the the rebels of um, of the quantum realm. Ralph, how did you feel about the idea of, we won't even get into breathing, like Mike mentioned in the synopsis, we'll go there another time. How did you feel about the rebels themselves and also the idea of drinking this ooze to help them understand the language of these rebels? Um, I, actually, It's not the first time I've seen that in science fiction. If you ever uh, read... Edgar Rice Burroughs, John Carter of Mars. Okay, I heard they, it. As long as you read it and don't watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> they use the same thing. They call it the voice of Barsoom. Mm-hmm. It's basically a, a, a psychoactive drug that allows you to understand the language. But in this case, it's an actual uh, living organism that creates his ooze. Which makes you wonder how they found out that worked in the first place. That means they just had to be drinking his ooze yeah. and happened to find out they could understand each other. Yeah, like, <laughs> This just got kinkier. Yeah. I, I don't want to know where the ooze comes out of because he has no he holes. He has no holes. That's the other question. I'm like, so how does he secrete the ooze? Because no matter, even if you said, well, he sweated it, that involves holes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, all right, but um, I actually thought it was a, it's a good way to just facilitate them being able to understand the other language instead of them sort of like just being like i'm looking for janet van dyne or the other is everyone just happens to speak english yeah (laughs) you know yeah no i mean i i enjoyed that part but um what did they miss i mean even if they didn't go anywhere what did they miss a valuable opportunity for anybody 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 that's a that's a very wide question the, the that lived through the late 70s and early 80s by because these freedom fighters are not related to this. What did we miss a valuable Marvel opportunity the for? The Micronauts? Yes. Why did they oh, not shit. enjoy it? They, they could just, they could leave them looking whatever they wanted to, but they could have introduced them as an idea just in case you wanted to go somewhere. I'm like, I, I just, because I don't know the Micronauts that well. I thought maybe some of these characters were. Nope, not not one of them. Not one of them, no, really? No, they're all from the movie. And I'm like, you didn't introduce the Micronauts? I mean, because they don't have to be like the, 
almost Power Ranger looking people like we saw them, they could just be freedom fighters because they were fighting, you know, the, the military and the armies down there. I'm like, right. this is exactly who these people are. Why didn't you make them then? I'm curious if there's a, if there's a legal thing with the Micronauts. It's, it's very possible. I, I believe that because I don't know if Marvel created them or if it was a game. I mean, a toy that Marvel then made into a comic. And I remember something right. like that. You yeah. could be absolutely right. That might be why. But I was mad because I'm like, this was a great opportunity for the Micronauts. I slightly thought about that. But I'm so glad you pulled that out of me. It's based yeah. on the toy line. Oh, okay, so yeah, then that probably makes sense. Ah, okay. Which is still, I mean, you think Marvel put it in like, hey, you want some money? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Because we can reintroduce your toy line with no problem. <laughs> I bet that if we, we, if we re-watch the movie, we might see some sort of nod to the Micronauts in there somewhere. Um, it's very possible. Um, but, but just by the way, I'm talking about the, the slimy creature that uh, secreted the ooze. Uh, it was played by David Dashmalsh, and, um, and the character's name is Veb. Do we know that um, the actor from anywhere else? I'm I'm trying to like recognize the name or try to associate Mr. the name. Mr. The Tech? The name does not sound familiar. It should, um, as far as the name, but if you saw the actual actor's face, you'd recognize him because he was Kirk, the hacker, from the first two Ant-Man movies. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Yes. Oh, I, <laughs> so it's just really funny. Like they, that, So that's the same guy's voice. Also, oh, like so he's included in this movie, yeah. even though he wasn't the same character. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's smart. Interesting. Yeah, oh, that was fun. That was just fun to have him in there. All right. Um, now, it's interesting when they had that, um, when, when they show Hope and the parents talking with Bill Murray's character in that um, bar scene. Felt very Star Wars-esque. It did, like Star actually. Wars. Now, I he, mean... He, he was no... Um, oh, shoot. I can't think of the actor's name now. Uh, Lando Carson? No, 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 no. Not Star Wars. Um, a Thor movie, uh, famous actor. We just talked about him. Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, he was no Jeff Goldblum. Even though I think they tried to make him like a Jeff Goldblum-like character. Yeah. But I'm like, Bill Murray, I mean, he's a seasoned actor. He's a great actor. But I love Bill Murray. I mean, but I mean, he also is... He's only really good at playing slimy, sleazy characters that you... Are supposed to like, but you don't really. And he's good at that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was supposed to say, but I think that was part, not part of his charm, but that's part of what made the discomfort of the conversation when when um, Hank and Janet and Hope are sitting there and he's talking about Janet's time with him. Mm -hmm. I think that sells it even more. Like if Jeff Goldblum, if you swapped and made Jeff Goldblum play that character, it comes off different versus yeah. Bill, where you're like, you were with him. <laughs> I, I was with Michael Douglas. I'm like, ill. <laughs> I, I know we got needs, but come on. No, that was hope. Ooh. And Michael Douglas like, well, I also had needs. Ooh. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that definitely was great. Um, let's get to the person that probably had, I, in my opinion, one of the biggest, uh, or at least the biggest coming out parties in MCU recently, Jonathan Majors as Kang. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he already he already had his brief one in Loki. He did, but I'm talking about like this is like full length, big screen. You know, I, now, now I'm, I'm I'm chewing scenery if I want to. He did not disappoint. Probably my top three to four villains that MCU has put out. He was fantastic. His it's not exactly an underlying danger. He was dangerous. But it, it was just different. It's not like, like oh, you know, it was something underlying, but he seemed nice. It's like, and, and also we're, we're biased because we already know who, and not just because we're comic book people, we know it from Loki, who Kang is. Right. Or, or, you know, but it was just something about watching him, like, you know, you thought maybe, maybe his exile did kind of like make him kind of rethink a bit. Not that he became nice, but maybe he just, it kind of took a little bit of the wind out of his sail. Yeah. Just to realize, like, when, when, uh, when Janet saw his mind, and saw that, and then you saw his face, and that turn, you're like, 
yeah, this is not going to go well. But I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ruffy? How do you feel about Jonathan Majors? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's, he's amazing. Like, I, I just... What... Words. Words. Yeah, words. English, too. <laughs> he did... All right, so he, he portrayed Kang so well to the fact that, like, you almost sympathize for what he's trying to do because he's... He, the way that he seems to rationalize is that he's doing all these horrible things, right? In order to prevent something even worse from happening, right? He, he's like, listen, if I don't stop the other me's that are coming, no one's going to be able to stop them. And it's just going to be a, a worse outcome for just the whole existence as a whole. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so like you, you, you start to sympathize with him a little bit, but then you're like seeing like, you're really going about this the wrong way, yeah. my friend. Right. I was about to, I was just about to say, like, you you really you can only sympathize him for like like one heartbeat. Whereas Thanos, you could kind of get behind his silly logic because you're like, well, that's crazy logic, but I almost see it. But it's still crazy logic. Him, you're like, no, because you aren't a sympathetic or nice guy. Like it wasn't like, eh, sure, I did bad things, but I've given it up now and I'm gonna try and protect the world. No, you are just mass slaughtering when you don't get your way. And it's like so. If you're telling me that you personally have slaughtered, slaughtered civilizations for the better good, it's like, well, you've already killed off entire planets of people. You didn't save them from anything, <laughs> you know? And that's the thing that, that why I mentioned it's, it's a coming out party, because what we see from him and Loki is a different feel. We know it's Kang. We know it's, he, you know, it's, but, it's, but it's a different a motivation, how he goes about it. And then even when you watch him in the beginning with Janet and they're talking about him being with her and, and building the ship... Still different. Once you see that turn with 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 him and Janet, and then on top of that, you see him with Scott and and, and Cassie mm -hmm. in the jail. That's when you're like, oh, well, you're you're an ass. Yeah. Oh, well, well, especially what he he says to, to Scott. That's like, you're either going to do this for me, or I'm going to kill your daughter, and I'm going to make you live it over and over and over again until you beg me to kill you. And I'm just like. Yeah, that's not the motivation of somebody that I go, oh, I should probably help this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so so the, um, when when he portrayed um, He Who Remains, mm -hmm. like that, even because that one, that version of Kang is just like, he's he's given up at this point. You know, he wants to die, mm -hmm. you know, and he, he wants... Um, um, Janet? No, no, no. Oh, Loki and oh, uh, uh, Sophie. Um, Sophie. Sophie. Uh, he Sophie. wants Sophie to Sophie, actually yeah. kill him, you know? But he, but he shouldn't because he knows that the moment he dies, it's going to release all of these Kangs. Yeah, but the, <laughs> and, and that's the thing, though. Like, at that point, he's, he's, he's had enough, right. that version of Kang, you know? And Jonathan Majors does a, a great job of portraying that, of just being like, listen, I've, I've done this over and over and over again. This is a prison that, that I'm in, you know? And, and I just don't want to do this anymore. Right. And once again, this is why I talk about watching it a second time. With a new set of eyes, with with not less or lowered expectations. Cap got different. his eyes at Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, but I'll say this: when I was watching it, to watch it and now not be distracted by everything else and just appreciate it for what it was, mm -hmm. it was like wow, he was great. But let's talk about the elephant in the room, or I'm sorry, let's talk about the Modok in the room. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Modok and the introduction of this character. Okay, we talked about the high points of this movie being visually. Pretty stunning, except for Modoc. Let's talk about how you guys feel about not only the character, but the look. Can I just say that he was just there for fan service, and it was a horrible way to give people fan service? But fan service, though, is usually an in and out. 
he's he's a good chunk of the movie. He's 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 a good chunk of motivation behind the movie. And I just considered him Modad at that point, you know, mechanical organism design only for disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> Modad. <laughs> he was he was a dud. It was all right. He was a good comic relief for a bit at the end. Yeah. But like not very necessary. Yeah. And 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 even though I was shocked at how little they they went. I can only assume that I'll say you didn't go cheap. You did this thinking it was funny, but it was disappointing seeing his face. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it looked, what made it, me feel. It, it just looked like bad Photoshop, and someone went, "Yeah, I'm not spending any more money. Just use that." Lazy. Yeah, it, it it was so lazy. And I love Corey Stoll. I think he's a really good actor, and I loved his Darren Cross. You know, his original yeah. Darren Cross. I mean, so I was very disappointed because I because again, I don't know if they ever showed his face in the the, the trailer. I and I didn't even know, no, go they, to look. Um, um, online to even see who was in it. So I didn't expect he was even going to be in the movie. So when I saw him back in the trailer, all you see is, is the, 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 is the mask. Shield. Yeah. 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 That, yeah, that, that was very disappointing. Cause I, Modoc is, I mean, you know, people I think have made a little bit more, like most people don't know who Modoc is except for like what they've seen here and there and like the comedy stuff, but he's, he's not a great character, but he still is a much more threatening character than what they made him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just FYI, people out there, he's not related to Kang. Just nope. FYI. He's, yeah. he's usually with AIM, yep. which is also, again, you don't have to follow that, but it was just an odd, like, that you put him here, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, it's just one of those things that, like, I, I saw it. And, and I'm not a Kang, I mean, I'm not a Kang fan. I'm not a, a MODOK fan. Never been, never. When I see him on the comic pages, when I used to buy a book, I was like, can I sell this book? <laughs> it's a villain that I didn't like. I didn't like. I didn't like reading yeah. about or reading. He's a giant head that if you even dis- if you even disturb his entire chair, which is his life support, mm-hmm. it's pretty much like, well, that's that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like if you take the uh, asthma inhaler away from Darth Vader, he's not a threat. <laughs> but 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 definitely to echo Mike, it, it was to watch those visual effects for him was very um, disheartening, and the character itself. I mean, you know, it's funny because he's chasing down Cassie for half of the movie. And it didn't feel threatening. No, considering that he, everyone that knew of Modoc was afraid of him. So mm-hmm. he's evidently badass, except against an 18-year-old girl who <laughs> doesn't understand how her powers, uh, you know, how the shrinking and growing powers work exactly. Right. I'm like, really, this is where your incompetence lands? Is <laughs> because you haven't, and you haven't seen her in 12 years, <laughs> you know? like Speaking of having seen her in 12 years, how do you feel about the fact that it feels like hope wasn't... Like in the movie, hardly ever underutilized much. No, she was. Yeah, it was like it was like you know, Ant Man, and there's some wasp. <laughs> you know, but, but how about Michael Douglas? I mean, I know he's like 394, but it's like <laughs> your entire job. His entire job was to sit in a chair and put his arms in the anus of Jello. <laughs> I'm like, because at first when he did it, you're like, okay, I'm like, oh, this is all he's doing in the whole movie. Okay, <laughs> oh, and, and grabbing at his hearing aid, right. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, and, but I definitely, like I said, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, she was fun. You know, she's, but she's a good actress. I mean, you know, she didn't do anything, you know, that deserved an award or anything here, but she was good. I, I like that they did develop her character uh, more. I, I like parts, other parts I didn't, you know, they tried to make her like this hero of quantum realm. I'm like, well, why, you know, cause that's not what we saw her as when we found her, you know, so, cause they made this whole Star Wars, like you said, a Star Wars world um, around that she's now like. Lando Calvertine, like you said, of this world at this point. I wasn't a fan of that story point, but I liked her. And, you know, like, you know, again, I hate to make everything on the looks, but she looked great. I mean, yeah. yes, at her age, she has something done, but she didn't have, like, that kind of Hollywood work done. She looked exactly like Michelle Pfeiffer, definitely much older, but still just, just gorgeous. I and mean, she just looked absolutely beautiful, you know. 
So yeah. I was taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. He he's saying that, and I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, she's no Diane Lane though. Shout out to Diane. I love me some Diane Lane. She's Lady, Lady J knows it too. I love me some Diane Lane. Okay, anyway. your, is that your hall pass? <laughs> I hope it's my hall pass. It's, it's the role play we know. <laughs> Lady J, you already know what's up. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, what do we feel about the battle sequence, especially towards towards the end where you have the um, the freedom forces fighting against the Kang, the Kang forces. Visually, I thought, I mean, I was impressed. That was something that they stepped up big time, like where they messed up with Kang and messed up in, some, in other areas. I feel like the battles felt... Oh, I know. thought the battles were really good. I mean, their CGI and their artwork and all the other stuff, the, the rotoscope, which I didn't believe they still did in this day and age, it looked great. Uh, I mean, there were times definitely, though, when the background to just the, the day-to-day stuff, I'm like, that's a painting. <laughs> it was unfortunate that it was just, it was clearly a backdrop painting. Um, but no, I mean, the visuals were beautiful. The, I thought the final fight, I thought all the fights were good. I mean, I don't really have a problem with the fights at all. But the final battle was good. I mean, it it, it evoked, um, when you, especially because there was such a large army of rebels then followed by this insane what is it it's like a uh, infestation of of highly advanced um human-sized ants mm-hmm. um that was it, it just made you kind of feel like on your left yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know like you, you felt like it was the end game people coming in you know ralph um no i have to agree with uh senor mike everything the the fights were really good at, especially that that final battle because you knew you were just waiting for those ants yeah. to come. We were just, we were just like, oh, they're losing. They're losing now. Here, here come the ants. Here, here when they come came, the ants. Those ants came in like, hold my beer. <laughs> First off, Senor Mike sounds like a restaurant. Just saying. <laughs> you haven't heard of our restaurant? Se- Senor Mike's. That's how we make a lot of money. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Come to see my mic. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but secondly, I'll say this. I, I like the battle scenes. The ant one didn't hit me the same way. Only because I'm like, okay, so wait a minute. So Kang has killed plenty of Avengers in, in numerous timelines, but he gets defeated by a bunch of ants. Hey, 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 big ants. Highly advanced big ants. Yeah, but the Avengers are like the most powerful beings of their universes and get well, stomped out. They're are not. They? They're not. I mean, are they? He no, they, killed them. Right, right. But there are heroes. But I mean, it's Iron Man's a human with a, in a robot shell. The only thing that's, that, that has that much stamina is Thor. And even Thanos was beating the shit out of him like a whipping boy. So well, also but, remember, but, we, we also don't know what the other Avenger teams are like. Right. We talked about. Well, we saw Doctor- what they were in that one world of Doctor Strange, where yes. like, also, like the Illuminati was one, two, three. <laughs> also remember, ants can lift. Was it twenty times their own weight? I think, no, like five hundred or five. It's something weird. It's something like five hundred times their own weight, if not more. You know. So human-sized ones, crazy yeah. strong. Well, I'll say this: I felt more compelled and more invested to a degree with. Um, with Scott, with Scott oh. Lang versus um, versus Kang, when when they all start going into the portal, yeah, and they all start going home, and and you knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're all going to the portal. Let's go home, right. and they go in one at a time. And once I saw the order, I'm like, okay, Hope's going to go in, Scott's going, but right. that fight, that no, felt that, like- well, that particular fight was really good because what it was is, and I hope this pushes down some of this because you know how everyone gets crazy. I mean, like you saw, you saw, you know, you start reading, every, they go down these rabbit holes, you start conspiracies, whatever. It's like. Kang, he's not a well. Yeah, he actually is supposed to be a human. I think. Yes. Or, um, I I don't know if he if his telekinesis is him or if it's it's machinery. But and he's not Phoenix level, so don't even start with it. No, he can't do all that shit. You saw he had trouble pushing away certain things as it was. Other than that, he is nothing more than seriously 
advanced technology mm. at his disposal. Yep. So p- before people were like, no, but he's no, he's not. He's not a god. He does not have prescience to see into the future. He knows what he reads and he, and he knows advantage. his experience. But, and I was explaining to, uh, I was trying to, I'm not saying that he had a wrong thought, but this is just my interpretation. But uh, Mr. Cooper, shout out to Mr. Cooper and I, we're, we're chatting and he was just like, yeah, but how could you ever get the advantage of him? I'm like, well, it's time travel. It's like he gleams what he needs to know about time, but his own life is his life. He's, he's living his life. So even if he read like, oh, you'll die in so-and-so, well, if he stops it, then that's not the same life anymore. You know, so like he can't predict what's going to happen. He can't have future knowledge of what's happening in his own life, but he just has future knowledge of other things and he takes advantages of those. Even know? with access of time, you're saying that his vision is still limited. Well, which his means, vision of his personal timeline. Well, but I think limited. that's limited. Right, exactly. You know, yeah. it's whatever he can see, which means that there are things. But the he moment he not. starts interfering in it, it starts it, to it, manipulate. It shifts. Right, yeah. it shifts. Exactly. And he right. can't, he, so he tries to take advantage of what he can. Right. You know, and like, you know, help me out there, follow Dr. Who. Like that makes sense, right? He can, uh, Ralph the Tech, like follow Dr. Who. Like he can take advantage of what he can, but when he's existing within that that timeline he's interfering in, yeah, he's, he's, he's now modifying it. You know? He's creating ripples. Right, exactly. You know, right. so that's why like some people were like, well, how could he even possibly be defeated? I'm like, because he's yeah. he's just in a time and he he doesn't know the outcome of this one. And he he certainly was not expecting those ants. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like he didn't he wasn't like ants. Why did it have to be ants? <laughs> uh, you know, um, like, you know, and when they when they were kicking his ass, like that I again Jonathan Major's being great, that look of fear on his face was like, oh shit. <laughs> that's the guy I keep making fun of that just plays with his ants and uh, he just he just brought the ants <laughs> you know that that was the funniest shit so it's like what are you gonna do attack me with your ants and then that's <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, because I knew that I mean obviously couldn't say I knew that particular scene but I knew it was coming because they made it very clear and I know you said you didn't see it Cap initially yeah. but like I saw those ants as they were fun because I'm like oh okay well he's Ant-Man and I you know even though uh, Hank Pym is the one that brought them but i'm like well you know you kind of do need ants in his world and it's just part of his character but they made it very clear when they fell through and that they fell through somewhere else yeah so obviously like like hang said that they went into another pocket dimension where they lived long lived over a thousand years and built technology i'm like oh those are some damn good ants (laughs) you know i i um i half expected him when when they were going home right and uh they flew up flew up to the tower Mm -hmm. on the ants i was expecting him to say uh, some sort of ant pun for the ant. Right. It's like the, instead of Anthony, you know, right. some, something along the lines of like. And it was yeah. Anthony. Yeah. No H. My, my bad. <laughs> so like Anthony the fifth or something like right. that. Yeah. It's not like Lord Anthony. <laughs> Speaking of things to expect, didn't, is it me? And here's where I may be. It's always you. Is, well, here, <laughs> I don't know if it's me, but I felt very disappointed with certain parts. Now that I've seen it twice, there are parts that I've said, okay, I shouldn't be disappointed at certain things. It is what it is, or that's actually better than I thought. This is what kind of bothered me. They had an opportunity to really make this movie kind of have a lot of like heaviness to it. Mm-hmm. When um, Kang is defeated because Hope comes back through the portal, helps Scott you know, um, defeat um, Kang, and Kang gets destroyed with the, um, the power source. Um, and the and their portal goes away, and they're looking at everybody celebrating, you know, in the quantum realm. Um, little Cassie all of a sudden's like, "Okay, I open up the portal again." Yeah. Oh no, that and I that, was like, "That fucking no, quick!" But also, not only does she open up the portal, Hope and Scott are looking away from the portal, mm-hmm. and they're just like, "Well, let's just go home." I'm like, "You know, the portal's open." 
<laughs> like, like, why did you? You had no reason to think that anyone could reopen that portal at this point. You know. Well, well you know how Spider-Man has Spidey sense. I guess yeah. he's got he's got answers. Or, he has answers. Or, or also, he's looking at the reflection in the window right in front of him. I guess <laughs> there was no window. The glass is broken. Okay. Yeah. Well then. Well then yes. But you know what? <laughs> I mean, again, so leading back to that, which is that's right after that big fight. That that big fight was great because it was just such a fisticuff fight. It was great. It was just you know just so like just. Two guys battling. But what I was kind of hoping, not saying that, that this would have made it better, what I kept thinking was going to happen um, when Kang, even though he, he did more than one feint going towards the portal and kept getting knocked back, I was waiting for him to like, like maybe on one of his last big, like, like Scott's too far away, instead of Hope coming through and shooting him back, I was literally waiting for Cassie's big ass fist to come <laughs> through there. That, that would have been that, great. That's it. Thank you. Thank that you. would have been great. It really, I mean, again, not that, you know, nothing more, but like I was waiting for her big fist to come through and I'm like, that would have been so awesome for her to have punched him back. And then, like, for whatever else that happened to happen, you yeah. know? I was, that's why I was waiting for that. And then I was also either that or I was also waiting, like, maybe, again, like, Kang almost defeated whatever and was coming in for a final blow. Or have her reach through and grab her father it with, was, and pull him back. It was too know? convenient. Yeah. It was too convenient. But I just, I, but I mean, but the idea, you saw it, too, like, in I your head. It. I'm like, that would have been so great to see her fist. Um, so when they were fighting, that scene where he drops his helmet mm -hmm. was actually in the trailer. So it was actually uh, oh okay. It's one of the ways because the trailers, the trailer make it seem a little bit darker than it actually right, right, is. Right. Oh, so it looks like he's defeated. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. Oh, wow. Good, good, good catch, Ralph. But, good catch. But one of the things though, like I said, we you know we want to talk about things that seem disappointing. It's like so you know however many you know lifetime worth of information you've acquired from how many civilizations that 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 and you evidently are super smart. You have not figured out how to shrink anything because that's what you needed. You needed one of the, you needed the Ant-Man pin particles in order to shrink to get that, which I still don't understand how that worked. She she used the which first of all they look like they're multicolored. So to me it looks like she did grow and shrink um, when she she smashed the thing. But she used the the grow uh, pin particles on this ball device that's this, his energy power source. Yep, and so it grew. Yep. What I didn't understand was why they had to go into the ball to shrink it when she didn't go into the ball to grow it. She just dropped it on the outside. So why didn't you just drop the things on the outside and the ball would have shrunk? Like Because the, the outside did shrink, but it shrank after being on the inside. Yes. That made no sense. <laughs> so in, in order to understand that, you have to first... Uh, not ask the question. Ah, that's what it was. And, and also, um, it would require Ralph explains that I'll be going to do those Ooh. once per show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as a quota. It's in the contract. He could only do it once per show. I am yeah. still that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but now, what did we think that when he was in there, I it was a cool scene, but ultimately I felt like it was just kind of cool for being cool and then confusion. The are, whole like are you talking about possibilities, the probabilities. The probabilities? Yeah, what did you guys think of that? I just thought that that... I thought it was hilarious the fact that you have a basket Robbins yeah. guy. Like, well, it's the one version of himself. But I just, like I said, and that was hu humorous, but like it just felt like it didn't really make sense because you're like, well, these are all the possibilities, but yet. But they wouldn't be aligned. Right, right, right. They, I mean, like, so, like eventually they, they aligned to save Cassie, but I'm like, first of all, it seemed like none of them were ever talking to her. Then we realized they could hear her, but I'm like, well, if you're all you and all of you love Cassie, then all of you would have been like, she would have been like, you guys need to shut up. They would have all been talking to their daughter who they're all afraid could die, you know? Yeah. I, I, and number one, it was a beautiful moment when they all did that, but it didn't make sense, right. like you're saying. Number two, that idea was a great idea when it was used in record uh, when Ralph breaks the internet. 
Yeah. Remember that? Oh, I didn't see Yeah, I you ever see Rock Paper Scissors? There's the part where he mass produces himself. Oh, and, and, okay, and, okay. Um, it's, his insecurities multiply, and it's kind of like the same oh, idea. Okay. And he ends, he ends up riding the way. It's it's right. similar. Because also then I hated the fact that, like, so it starts happening to, to um, Hope as she's flying through. And they're like, oh, just ignore them. And she's just, oh, yeah. I'm like, that that's that <laughs> like, like that, where her 20,000 yeah, yeah. like like you know but they, they all seem they to like be behind her and yeah. in and out of her and I'm like I don't understand like in and out of probabilities her, you can't say yeah like, <laughs> like they're, they're probabilities it doesn't matter if you believe in them or not if it's producing probabilities it's producing probabilities yeah they're, they're not Santa Claus <laughs> you know <laughs> they're not Santa Claus okay <laughs> yeah so I mean that like I said I mean it looked cool but I just found it kind of pointless it just looked cool for cool's sake as opposed to making any kind of sense well, now let's bring it to the end, end, but not the post credit, not the post credit, and not the mid credit, the end. Um, and this where it kind of got kind of dark. He comes back to life, you know. He comes back to normal. Everything's cool. And how did you feel about his self questioning um, soliloquy? You know about are things really done? Is it you know? How did you feel about it? I liked it. I actually liked it because even though it was left on, on a on a chipper note. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's more to come. But how did you guys feel about it? I just thought it was hilarious because he's like, wait a sec. Am I the bad guy? Did I stop this guy from doing something? He's going to save everybody. Did I just kill everyone? Nah, it'll be all right. <laughs> no, I mean, I liked it because, I mean, you know, obviously it had a, a little extra humor to it. But it's if that had been me, I would have been asking the same questions. Like you would have been like. That had been longer than that. Yeah. yeah you know, like, yeah, because it would just been like, OK, I'm back. Things are cool, but um, oh, I'm well. remembering what was said, and mm-hmm. I didn't know what the actual bad was, and 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 the thing the thing is that no one seemed to question. Every time he kept saying it's me, like like wouldn't if somebody you know I mean you're not that experienced with I mean the multiverse of like if someone was just like the bad guy's me, you'd be like what do you mean, you know? And then he would have said like oh it's a whole multiverse of me, you know, or something like that. So it's just like. Yeah, no one seemed to question that statement at all. And I'm like, well, that's odd that you don't want him to define what that means. Yeah, yeah I, um, what was I going to say? The fact that if, if it was, I remember now, if it was Mike that was uh, asking those questions, you'd have a whole uh, murder board with red yarn going everywhere. <laughs> going, all right, let's see. He said this, connects over here. We go over there. We go oh, I would have had it on the street. I'd have been like, you, walking by with the dog, hold this. <laughs> He'd go to, what's that? A uh, place where they sell yarn. Michaels? <laughs> Hobby Lobby? <laughs> pottery Barn. Pottery Barn. They right? sell yarn at the Pottery That's Barn? More, That's more, it's much more expensive over there, but go ahead. Yeah. They, just, <laughs> they, would, they would be just sold out of all the red yarn. Yeah. Okay. Oh, seriously. But yeah. But I mean, I, I did enjoy it. Only because like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'd be asking all of those questions. And, and they I, would constantly be popping up. And I and you would start to, you, you would have to soothe yourself by going, no, we'll just be ready. <laughs> you know, like. it, it's definitely one of those things that I've had situations before where you think it's over. That well, is it over? And yeah. am I out of the woods? And did I protect my family? That is like that could drive you nuts. Yeah. But I'm sorry, go ahead. if it was me, I'd be, I'd just be like, all right, hold on, let me just get my phone here. Avenger, Avenger, Avenger. All right, uh, Bruce, I'll come. Hey, Bruce, um, just quick question. Um, uh, you know, world-ending event possibility. Should we get prepared? Mm, all right, yeah, yeah, you just start working on it. All right, bye-bye. No, you just would have called. He would have been like, okay, yeah, look, I was just somewhere. I'm, I'm afraid that that we're going to get attacked by this really small black guy. And uh, <laughs> they're like, all right, this is sounding racist. <laughs> we're just all going to hang up and pretend you didn't call. A, no, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. You would think 
that you did. I mean, even if he didn't do it right away, but it's like, I should at least give a report yeah. to whatever is considered the Avengers or the authorities or whoever at this point. I hope we at least see that that did occur yeah. in some other movie or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you we know, don't because, even know if, if Hulk is on planet because if we uh, look we at don't know where it is regardless right, of She-Hulk. She-Hulk. We don't know. That's yeah. a good point. That's what I'm saying. Whoever is considered Avenger at this point. I mean, he, he, Whatever's he, available. Well, he knows Doctor Strange. I mean, you know. You know, he'd be like, oh, hey, look at me. Not with that third eye. Anyhow, I've got this problem. <laughs> hey, hey, my eyes are right here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I enjoyed that. I definitely would like to say I thought that, and I mean, because I know some people are also disappointed with what was going on. I, this, again, not seeing any trailer. I assumed dip dip into quantum realm and dip out, and then there'd be a Kang in this world, and we, you know, somehow defeat him or whatever would happen. I'm glad that my thought did not happen because it would not have made any sense because imagine if Kang, because some people have said like, well, why did all the fighting happen in quantum world? I'm like, well, the nice part is, is that we got to see Kang, see him a lot, get a lot of his motivation, find out what kind of person he can be um, without it actually affecting the outside world. Because otherwise, if this kind of shit was going on and no Avenger showed up, unbelievable. You know, because they would have been like, yeah, shit's going down. Like, I mean, if it was on Earth, like proper Earth, shit's going down. No one shows up and it's just Ant Man. No offense to him. He would not have been able to handle that in the regular world. He wouldn't right. have been able to. Yeah. So I like the fact that you kept it in a world contained. that still he shouldn't probably, you feel like he shouldn't win, but they gave you a good reason why he could. It's contained, doesn't affect the outside world, but still leaves it, as we'll get to our, our end credits, um, as to why we still need to fear Kang, <laughs> you know? Let's lead that into into the mid seat the the I'm sorry the I can see mid credit the mid credit thank you mid credit scene first the Council of Kangs whoa and I've heard this before because people who are familiar with the comic talk about that they're you know and people who are familiar with Kang know that there are all the multiverse versions of Kangs who are plotting to kind of you know make their move but now we've seen it on the live screen mm-hmm. did you feel like you know this ups the ante of the Marvel movies or was it just a nice scene but it didn't make you feel anything? This made me say, all right, now I want to know what's going to happen next. Yeah. The, the only problem I thought, I mean, it was great. It was great seeing all the Kangs. I mean, you you, you show up in a pharaoh hat, you know. Uh, <laughs> you, you've got my attention at that point. Um, <laughs> got your jealousy too because you want one. <laughs> I was like, I would rock that, you know. But anyhow, that's know, neither here nor there. Though the uh, other one looked like an upgraded version of, of uh, Cyborg. Yeah, it yes. did. It was kind of weird that way. But when you see um, all those Kangs, the only other thing though, as much as it was exciting to see it, the only thing that in my mind is disappointing is that, well, you know, you have... And I mean, there, there is a finite number. So let's just say a near infinite amount, but like, or, or at least hundreds of thousands of Kangs, just for the sake of argument. Um, you know, we're not going to deal with that. It's going to be, okay, we're down to five Kangs. Like, and that's the part that's going to be disappointing because somehow you're going to have to explain how all of these insanely powerful beings were like knocked down to five just to make it manageable for an on-screen telling. That's the only problem that there's going to be, you know, unless they do something the only thing I would explain would be if they somehow like lock their inability to travel between multiverses and, and now only the main council people. But either way, so I mean, either way, we know we're not going to get this outlandish fight, you know, because I mean, because there's so many Kangs, it would almost be one Kang per ant. <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, this is not going to be a fight that could really be believably happening. And especially when even, you know, even with heroes bringing in people, let's say from other planets and that they're like, you know, it still just feels like you... It would have a hard time beating all those Kangs in one universe. Right. You know, 
So that was my only thought with that. But otherwise, it was beautiful to see it. The only way that they would explain it would be if you see the, the war where the Kangs are fighting each other. Right. That, that would also probably be a way of kind of yeah. wrapping that up or kind of getting rid of the, all the extra fluff, right. so to speak. Because well, we have a lot of more movies. To, we have a lot more movies. It's not like it's just going to go from here to the end. So, right. You know. You'll probably see He Who Remains somewhere around there, too. Yeah. And one last thing before we go to renaming and ratings. The post credit scene, and, I, and this is the person I'm glad we saw. So we see Loki and Mobius, mm-hmm. uh, Morbius, um, hanging out. Mobius. In the, Mo- Mobius and Mobius. Mo- Mobius and Morbius. Mobius, M, Mobius. And we assume the M stands for Mobius. (laughs) (laughs) So we see them in the audience as another variant of Kang shows of Victor Tangley, I believe the name is. Which we assume is he who shall remain. He who remains. It's no reason we have to assume that, but sure. But also remember (laughs) that, remember the timeline's been changed where Loki's at. And we don't know where this is. Because remember, at the end of Loki, that timeline was totally changed. And Kang's, you know, um, statue was there. So we don't know yeah. who we, they're looking at. Right. And we also don't know if this Kang is, is this a linear of Kang's life or if this is a Kang that's come back. You know, I mean, we, we have no way of knowing. Because um, uh, there doesn't seem to be a Victor Tom, Timely in the Marvel comics. So I don't know. I think they, they mentioned him. I, I, I would say double check. Double I, check. I looked around and maybe I just overlooked it. Um, but... I did. I assume even if it is in there, I'm assuming the timely part is referring to they used to be timely comics before they were Marvel. Might be. Um, so I'm assuming that's at least the throwback for that name. Whether or not that's appropriate to the thing, I don't know. But I know that people have mentioned that he is in the comics. It's not a very large story. I'm gonna have to wait to get back to you on that. But it leaves a lot open for a lot, um, a lot of other movies, and hopefully to find out more about um, more about Kang and more about how he's gonna affect the rest of the Marvel universe. Yeah. So should we go to renaming the movie? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting for you because usually I go to you and usually bounce back to me and go, you do it. Renaming the movie. Ralph, you want to try it? You can go first. There we go. <laughs> oh, hold on. See, now this may, see now here it'll make no sense. Um, they're saying that one of the aliases and and uh, is is because you know Kang is part of the Richards family. Yes, he mm-hmm. is. Right. So it's Nathaniel Richards, one of his aliases, Victor Timely. Um, but it's also Pharaoh Ramatut, who we've already seen Ramatut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you're just like, so is Reed going to be black? I mean, it doesn't have to mean you could always have Mary down the line and had, you know, but it's just like, you know, for for audience logic, it's like then, you know, if his ancestor or someone else is black, it's like, well, it's going to be weird if you go with white and then eventually say he married someone else. Lo- 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 Loki's you know? a stepson. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying Loki, Loki was true. a stepson, so you, you can go down that route too. Could yeah, not very possible. But the, but Nathaniel Richards though is Reed Richards' father. But uh, I thought it was a couple of generations down. Well, no, I mean, but remember, remember Reed's father disappeared, and I think that's when they found out that he was wrong. Oh, Tuck. that's right. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So like, so Nathaniel Richards is Reed's father. Well, like, like <laughs> we, we talk about all the time, um, the, the, the movies will definitely take liberties and change. Yeah, and I'm things. fine with that. But oh, absolutely. All right, so I guess I got to rename the movie, huh? Yes. All right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to call it Quantumania, Ant-Man and Cassie and Janet and Hank. <laughs> no Wasp. <laughs> Ralph. I'm going to call it Ant-Man and the Wasp. Love will... <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow, that's going to be gone in editing. Go ahead. Love will save us all. <laughs> oh, it's not a Flash episode. Wow. <laughs> they My- won with the power of love and wasp stingers. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Mike? Uh, I would just call it uh, microscopic penises and the need to conquer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a dick. Um, <laughs> all You're right. not. <laughs> all right. Ratings for um, Quantumania. Ralph? 
I give Quantumania eight advanced uh, ant societies out of ten. Uh, you know, I don't want to say this, but you know, socialism it could work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. I, I have two ratings. Um, I have the rating after watching it the first time, which I was going to give it six and a half. I'm not a dick out of 10. <laughs> but after watching it again and just kind of, you know, re- readjusting, I'm going to give it seven and a half. Thank you, Spider-Man out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry for him. Not only did he think of Spider-Man, when he found out he was Ant-Man, he was like, that's $12 for the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm like, Ant-Man's really popular in Seattle, oddly. I mean, uh, Spider-Man's popular in Seattle. That was really weird. Uh, <laughs> I think you're a Spider-Man. <laughs> um, I, I will have to rethink Scott's counting. I guess it was PG counting, but I don't understand why, considering he was talking to an alien. So I'm going to rate this eight. If you only have seven holes in your body, something's wrong (laughs) out of 10. Because the seven holes are only in the head. He said, how many holes do you have in your body? And I'm like, well, it should be nine. (laughs) You know? I'm, I'm here pointing at... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, you're counting the eye holes. Eight. Yes. Nine. They're all holes in the body. I mean, but they're he, kind of... Because Scott, Scott even thought about it. He went, yes, that's right. <laughs> when he said there's seven. And I'm like, no. We're going to go on break and I'm going to figure <laughs> that out. I don't think he was counting the eyes. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he was either. <laughs> all right. So there you have it. Quantumania. Shrink down your expectations. I'm pretty sure you'll like the movie. Look at that. That was a pretty good one. Nice. All right. Now, that wasn't bad. <laughs> Top of the head, too. All right, guys. Don't go anywhere. That had lots of room. Shush. Rocket <laughs> Review is next. Hi. I'm MFG, and this is my two-minute rocket review of the Netflix Korean thriller, Unlocked. Have you ever lost your mobile phone only to feel a happy relief when a stranger returns it? Yeah, well, this movie ends that joy. First-time director and screenplay co-writer Kim Tae-joon delivers the creep factor from the first call to the last gunshot. The concept of a tech-savvy stalker is a made-for-TV staple, but don't come here for a Hallmark ending. After a night of partying with friends, Lee Nami loses her smartphone on her bus ride home. The next morning, Nami's BFF receives a call from a sweet old lady notifying Nami that not only has she found the lost phone, but the woman paid to have it repaired at a shop where it's ready for pickup. Unfortunately, the caller was Oh Jun Young, an obsessed homicidal maniac using a voice synthesizer who lured Nami to his repair store to get her password. With her phone better than new, Nami returns to her life unaware that Jun Young installed spyware on her device and is now able to watch and listen and control her life. From that moment, the film never lets you get comfortable as Nami's life is hacked and attacked, alienating Nami from her job, friends, and family. As Jun Young moves closer to his target in real life, he is pursued by a police detective for a string of murders, but the detective's motivation for catching this serial killer is best revealed in the film. Yet even as bodies pile up and the movie delivers its final twist, the fate of both Hunter and Prey will haunt long after the credits roll. By incorporating the terrifying with the typical and casting technology's grim shadow over our existence, I give Unlocked a disturbed 8.5 out of 10. I'm MFG, and that's my two-minute Rocket Review. But don't go anywhere. Geeks on the Go is next. Geeks on the Go. Now with more ants. Now more ants? Ants. Not aunts? No, no. Only ants. Okay, only ants. (laughs) Maybe some uncles? I don't know. Could be. Yeah. 
Wow, that, that's just. <laughs> oh, if, if you're coming in now, you missed the good jokes. We're just down to the bottom line. Right. <laughs> we're, we're kind of petering out right now. All right. All right, everybody. You know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And we make it under a minute about one third of the time. Um, depends on how sabotaging Ralphie feels. Or how bad your math is. <laughs> one third of the time out of 234 episodes. I, I would was, be over. <laughs> that would be over what? Hold on, hold on. Don't hey, ask me. Hey, Joe the intern, when you get a chance, check out how many times we've actually made it. Now, mind you, he already has his numbers filled. He just has to adjust them. I want to say the past 20 some odd episodes. Which would be 10%. Shh, <laughs> shh, shh. Ready, set, go. I hate you all. <laughs> Do we say goodbye to the Ant-Man franchise after this movie? Mike. No, not when Thor is begging to be canceled. Wow, Ralph. I hope not. You hope not. Okay, well, we'll see about that. All right. Where would you rank Quantum Mania with the other post-Endgame Marvel movies? Ralph. Uh, here, but not there. G- could you be more specific? Somewhere in the middle. So in the middle. So not great, but not bad. Yes. Okay, Mike. Uh, the Pharaoh hat pushed it into the top 10 for me. <laughs> I was waiting for you to bring that fair hat again. All right. And rumor has it that The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, might be considered uh, as taking on the role of Luke Cage in the future. Three words. Go, Ralph. Not black enough. Wow. That works. (laughs) That's two. Mike. Go fuck yourself. All right. There we go. (laughs) All right. And once again, we successfully make it to... Could you, could you press my congratulatory button? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. Oh, my goodness. It's one soundboard. Okay, there we go. <laughs> if you're wondering, he had nine buttons to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all of them colored, too. Uh, so, shout out. Unlike and, The Rock. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, well. Shout outs. Do we have any shout outs, gentlemen? Um. Yes. I would like to shout out to all... You people out there who are still listening, I don't know why you're still listening. Yes, you do. No, 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 no. I do know why you're still listening. It's because of my smooth, silky voice. You're slow as paste voids. How about that one? (laughs) Hey, they love it. (laughs) (laughs) I'd definitely like to shout out Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I don't want you to be Luke Cage, but I'd love to have you on the show sometime. Oh, my God. And Jonathan Majors, we love you. You could also be on the show. Uh, We're not paying you. (laughs) <laughs> just, just just to you know tamper down expectations but we'd love to have you here and think of all the publicity we would get you in the world with our billions and billions of listeners <laughs> I, I don't know how his math works my 10 percent is definitely better than his millions but okay all right <laughs> i'm gonna give the shout out to the usual suspects definitely lady j m is from marvel um tinkerbell south carolina johanna's big daddy kev um, yeah. um, Joe the intern, Mr. Cooper, um, um, hipster time who I haven't heard from him feel like in, in a minute in ages. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he's okay. Hope he's still hipster. Yeah. <laughs> he might just be Tom. Uh, <laughs> no, he'll be Tomas. 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 Yeah. Hey, Tomas. Hey, <laughs> yeah. And obviously everybody else who, who listens to the podcast hasn't really said anything, but always supports, always drops a line. Um, thank you all for your support and even just listening and, and watching the metrics go up and please tell a friend to tell a friend to kind of get us to, you know, get more people to kind of, yeah, I don't make me a liar. Do just, let's reach modestly for the first billion. I don't think that's a lot to ask. Just, you know, if everybody just told six friends 
I think we've reached that in like probably a week, maybe. I'm not sure. I didn't do the uh, exponential math, but it sounds about right. Yeah, sure. I'm not the math major. <laughs> is this the part of the math where we talk about imaginary numbers? Or is that, or is Those that calculus? Real. Those are real. Yeah, I bet they are. <laughs> Anything else we want to add before we bid adieu? Adieu. <laughs> Sayonara? Wow, he just shifted languages. All right. So for Mike, also known as MFG and RT Squared, Ralph the, uh, Ralph the Tech. Ralph the Hack. This is Ralph the Hairball. This is the cap saying, keep it geeky, and they don't let me edit anything. Nope. Nope. nope not at all. No. One take. <laughs>